Yeah, I think a lot of the time also people just aren't conditioned to know or be able to spot what's good acting versus um, or what's bad acting versus bad directing or bad writing. Uh, A lot of the times people like to say, oh, that's bad writing when it's probably editing or like there's so many elements that go into the final product that you see. And a, a lot of the times that ends up falling on the shoulders of like the actor or the director as the, or for some reason, Kathleen Kennedy. And we are live with another episode of the Andor After Show. This time we're talking about episode 11 of Andor the new Star Wars show that's on Disney+. Plus. It came out earlier today. We are here on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Pacific time talking about it. Uh, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira, and I can't do this alone. That's why I have my amazing co-host, Sarah Zitney, a.k.a. Miss Marauder, on the show. Miss Marauder. I don't I don't know. I, I, I had nothing to follow that up with. I was like, Miss Marauder. I'm doing great. That was a that was a real real sad episode, but it was still good, so I'm okay. You're you're gonna have to refresh me because I that's the problem. I watch it at midnight when it comes out because I can't wait any longer. I watch it at midnight and then I have this show later, and there's a lot of time in between, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it all. But uh, this is my longest. This is the longest notes I've taken. You yeah, you do take the notes. Um, I got to like two and a half pages because everything was just bopping around so fast. Yeah. I wanted to keep it. Yeah. It was definitely my longest notes. Are you on like a notepad, like an eight and a half by eleven notepad? Yes. Okay. Is it college ruled or is it wide ruled? Um good question. I think it's wide ruled because it's a child. Oh no. Oh, oh. Pure chaos. That is anarchy. <laughs> wide ruled. I have my my I have terrible penmanship that like yeah. changes. Like one of my sentences here is just in in cursive, inexplicably cool. in the middle of the page. Nothing else is in cursive. It's all right. I I sometimes write notes on post-it notes, but then I can only go like six lines down, and then I'm like, <laughs> I I need to move to the next post-it note. It's like a tweet. You got to keep it short. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, normally it is you know a co-host and and uh, and a host and. A special guest. Today we have special guest Nidra, aka Nidra Loves Cosplay. Or if you're on Twitter and you only know her on Twitter, it's Nidra Loves Jedi. Nidra, what do you actually love? I love everything. Why don't you just put (laughs) at Nidra Loves Everything? That's that would be too long for Twitter. Um, why don't you get the blue check mark? And I guess you can do whatever whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think I'm gonna keep my eight dollars. Yeah. Also, everybody says blue check mark. It's a white check mark. Huh? It's a white check mark on Twitter, right? It's a blue check mark on other platforms. But it's a white check mark on Twitter, right? But and it, but it's called, it, Twitter, it called Twitter, blue. Twitter blue. It's called Twitter blue, but it's a white check mark, right? Is this the dress ha- again? <laughs> no, no. Are we doing there, a Mandela? There, no, there is there. It maybe there's both. There is a blue check mark, or maybe they changed it recently. But no, I'm seeing a blue check mark. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm not on Twitter, so I just watch. I'm it from wrong. Nidra's on Twitter. Nidra's all over the place on Twitter. 
Yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter. I enjoy Twitter. Twitter's fun. Um, it definitely made my life a lot easier because I was TikToking pretty hard at one point. And then yeah. I discovered uh Twitter and I was like, oh, I could just like say stuff. Like I I had tweeted a long time ago, then deleted my Twitter and then got into Star Wars Twitter and then I was like, oh hey, I could just blast off these thoughts right quick. And yeah. uh, that's pretty fun. So I'm looking forward to all your thoughts about this episode. Just blast oh them off like you're like you're on Twitter, you know. Just, uh, you know. Uh, um, here, here, here's a here's a question for you. Not including episode eleven, how have you been feeling about Andor? Um, I I think it's just so whack and slow, and I'm kidding. It is amazing. Okay. One word. It's mid. No. You scared me there. <laughs> I like to keep you on your toes. Oh, no. Please, um, no. Please I adore it. I adore the show a lot. Um, it, it's pretty adorable. Ah. Um, no, I really, really, really enjoy the show. <laughs> I I enjoy a lot of things about um, a lot of the choices that are made in terms of writing, character development, um, pacing. Um, it it's so so much of it is really poetic in terms of like the way things are phrased. Um, more so than I think any other Star Wars property. This is just a really beautifully written show. And very thoughtfully written, I believe. Like, I feel like there's a whole lot of, like, you could peel back so many layers of things in the dialogue because it's self-referential, but also, like, very fresh. It's just, it's very refreshing and devastating, and I love it. I think it's it's incredible, and I, like, I liked Rogue One, but I have gone back and watched it, like, five times since the yeah. show has started yeah i mean we're all rogue one fans here right yeah oh yeah good good because i mean here here's the question for both of you do you have to be a rogue one fan to like andor or can you be like have hated rogue one and like andor that's a really good question because I can't imagine like having hated Rogue One, but I think if you hated Rogue One, you probably would hate Andor. I think there's just so many of the same elements. It's like it's made from the same, like it it, it reuses its own broth in a way and sort of like it's kind of its own self. It, it, it is very much, it pairs so like beautifully with itself, which is why I've gone back and watched it like a million times. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you don't have to be an uh, an Andor fan, a Rogue One fan, but if you hated Rogue One because like it wasn't Star Warsy enough or something like that, mm-hmm. I I don't I can't see you liking the show because you're not a a person of taste. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> if you were like if you hate if Rogue One is at the bottom of your list, yeah. Um, if you would like you know uh, rather watch no, no I don't want to say. I don't want to be divided. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, <laughs> things that would be at the bottom of some people's list, you're like, I'd rather watch that than Rogue One. That That's, you know, that's concerning. Right. But I, I like what you said, Nidra. Like, you hit the nail on the head of the dichotomy of the show, how it's, like, somehow refreshing and also devastating. Like, it's so, mm-hmm. so devastating, especially this episode. And then, but also you're like, I'm happy that it's happening, but also I'm very sad. Yeah. yeah. I, I am also too emo, just yeah. like. Um, 
for anyone out there who is watching us live, you're watching our live stream on Twitch or YouTube at twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. Uh, Mr. Plow is out there on, on Twitch saying Andor is Rogue One without the fan service. Um, and Mr. Plow says, I just found the CGI jarring on Leia and Tarkin. So as far as Rogue One is concerned, Mr. Plow's criticism is just the CGI on Leia and Tarkin. That's fair. But that doesn't mean you hate Rogue One, right? Like, uh, I feel like a valid criticism about Rogue One is that, like, the characters don't get to be developed that much because they're kind of at their end of days, right? And we just kind of, we see them die. And it's like, let's let's see these characters kind of meet each other, go on a mission, die. And so the character arc isn't necessarily there. I don't know. But in this show, you get a lot of characters. Yeah, and one I, criticism of Rogue One was always we get that one scene with Jin and Cassian where Cassian's like, I've lost people too. And then all of a sudden they're like besties. And I was like, yeah. I feel like there's almost a little like, rushed. Right. Like there was just like they just turned and were like, okay, we're not mad at each other anymore. Now we're gonna work together. And I'm like, I like the way it developed. I just think there's a there's a piece missing right there in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I think I think we're really spoiled with TV now though. Like the medium of film is is faced with a a kind of huge opponent in having all the hours that you can put into a season of television versus 60 and a half, 90 minutes or whatever generally a feature film is. Yeah. And like that's a challenge in and of itself. And I I greatly appreciate the fact that Rogue One had the unique challenge of introducing new characters into a heavily established universe and making us care about them. And like, it, it's the sort of the same thing that's happening with Andor as a show is you're taking um, sort of greenfield content and you're making a lot of new stuff happen. And that's a very challenging thing to do in um a franchise like Star Wars where everyone is very much like settled into their like fan servicey kind of expectations and stuff. Um and I, I love that it's very clearly a deliberate choice that was made um by the the, the team on Andor that they just aren't gonna care. They're gonna make the they're gonna make the show they want to make. They're gonna tell the story that they want to tell. Yeah. Um and that needs to be told versus like trying to like get those those headline moments you know and i love that right like we've had other star wars shows that are more fan servicey and i i love them too you know i'm not gonna say that any of the star wars shows were a waste of time i watched them i liked them i'm good with them will i go back and watch certain ones maybe not like i don't really yeah I don't want to talk shit on other shows, but like <laughs> there are some that I don't necessarily need to go back on. And there are some that I'm like there. I mean, there's one in particular. I'm like, I don't need a season two. Um, but like and horror, I will cry when the second season's over, knowing that I'm never going to get any more of it. Um, but I think the writing. So. Uh, so we're. Nidra, you brought up a good point, like comparing movies with like TV shows where we normally think of like TV shows as it's an hour long episode or half an hour long episode. They're not as long as movies, right? But that's because we're thinking of episodes compared to movies. But when we take the whole series or season, 
we're dealing with like let's just say a marvel show six one-hour episodes that's a six-hour movie right Mm -hmm. so then what's the difference between a movie and a tv show at that point you have Zack snyder's justice league which was six or four episodes over six out six hours six episodes over four hours or four episodes over six hours i didn't watch it you know they were like chapters there was like chapters but it was really just a long movie that the guy didn't know how to edit down and and like a good movie is edited down like you can't you have to like make it run like i yeah i feel like that's been the criticism especially with the marvel shows of like is a six-hour movie you know it follows the same kind of predictable format but this show is so much better at being a tv show like it's a TV show first before it's a Star Wars property. Yeah. And that's why the pacing is so good. Like with this episode, the way all of, you know, we had last episode with like prison break, crazy excitement, amazing speeches that like, you know, all the quotable stuff and the Luthan speech. And then they were like, okay, and we're going to clear that palette and we're setting everyone's chess piece up for showdown on Ferrix. And I'm like, awesome i am also on board with that as much as i am on board with prison break you know so going into the different phases of the show it feels like it's a good it's it's the pacing the pacing 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 is everything with the marvel shows it's always like the pacing's off how are they going to wrap it all up in one episode but the pacing Mm -hmm. for this show is perfection Mm -hmm. for me it's like i know how they're going to wrap it all up They've set up everyone coming to Ferrix without having to say, we're all going to Ferrix. Like nobody, you know, Cyril didn't say he's going, but we know he's going. Right. Cassian didn't say he's going, but seeing his eyes looking at the sunset, which Cassian and a water and sunset can't do it. Makes <laughs> I, I, I had flashbacks. <laughs> but it's like, oh, he's going. Like he's going to Ferrix. You know, yeah. like you know that it's all going to go down and I... We didn't have to see like, excuse me, sir, one ticket to fair. Yeah, one ticket to fair. <laughs> and or like the other and the, the other characters being like, what's the fastest way we can get to the planet Ferrix for this funeral? Right. <laughs> like we like Andor doesn't spell it out for us, but we get it because it's that good. And I think Andor capitalizes on the medium that is TV. Because even though it's streaming, it's still TV, right? Yeah. Especially if it's like a weekly release. I feel like you write it different than if it's a binge the whole season kind of kind of show. Um, and they know all the they know all the rules. So I'm a big proponent on on like the philosophy of learn all the rules, then break them. And Andor does that. Whereas mm-hmm. some things are just like. I'm just I'm just gonna start from scratch and break the rules, and that's just how I write, and it's, it doesn't flow that well. And so it seems gonna, to be don't do. So I'm gonna say that I, in defense, and this is gonna be my whole thing. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm never getting over this. In defense yeah. of the book of Boba Fett, yeah, I felt like that was a primer to get us where we are right now where this this the fandom's ready to accept a show like andor if andor just came out before there was anything else out like this there's no way it would be so well received i guarantee it i feel like with the book of boba fett they taught us to forget 
what we think we know about Star Wars and start taking these characters seriously, start seeing them as three-dimensional beings. And with that and Kenobi and then Andor coming out, I think we couldn't get here without the shows that came before. And also oh, for sure. the challenges that those shows faced, like um, the time in which they came out is a huge thing like or when they were shot like um the book of boba Fett was shot during the lockdown mostly or like shortly after that so that they had the challenges of shooting a whole like property like that in the conditions that they shot it in yeah and i think that's like i think that's really important and i think we should uh give give the book of boba fett a rewatch with that in mind especially after having seen and fallen in love with Andor. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. A Book of Boba Fett is not my big disappointment. Obi-Wan is. I, I, the Boba Fett, uh, episode, I think it was maybe episode two where he's with the, uh, the Tuscans and yeah. he, they give him the, uh, he's teaching him how to, I love that episode. I, that's one of my favorite episodes of Star Wars TV ever still. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was fantastic. Episode yeah. four with that guy. That was a, a your boy life changer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that life. the way the frame is cut off, you can only see his body. Right? That's <laughs> it's it's life-sized. He's actually seven feet tall. And when I got this, I was like, seven feet tall is pretty tall, huh? <laughs> you uh you didn't want to get a, a black chrysanthemum body pillow? I feel like a seven foot pillow. What am I going to do with that? No, cuddle. (laughs) Cuddle. I mean, that's literally what a body pillow is. And and also like a a Wookiee would be a good body pillow. Absolutely. It's better than it's better than an all might body pillow. You know, like I've seen those, right? As someone that's going back-to-back anime conventions, I can tell you those do exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Wookiees are, you know. Um, Mr. Plow says, uh, okay, saying a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> in accordance with this, he says, be the little spoon. Yes, yes. You'd Aww. be the, you know. Um, no, <laughs> I think for that to work, you'd have to be the, anyway, whatever. Yeah, uh, as I- you can buy pillows that have like a fake arm that goes oh. around you. Oh no. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I've never been that lonely. At least I have that to my name. I've never bought a pillow that has like a fake boyfriend arm. I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> I remember I remember what it was like to go through puberty. Um so If wait, I had what, adult what money, what I was <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. Uh that'd be different. Anyway, yeah. um <laughs> two sides to the all might body pillow uh i'll have to see if there's an all my body pillow with the scrawny self on the one side okay. i'll be on the lookout for that okay um that was a I'm, turn I'm, <laughs> now i'm now i'm thinking about l337 is that just me no is that just oh, what I'm, I love her and I could talk about her for hours but why are we thinking about her i'm right just now? saying if i was gonna be in love with a robot Oh Lord! <laughs> okay, you and you and uh Lando both. Um, yeah. If I'm if I'm picking a droid to wife up, uh, probably R two. 
Yeah. R2 is my boo. Okay. Listen, right. he, he's he's got my back no matter what. I know for a fact. If like no matter what's going down, I I can trust R two. You know he's not gonna play. Yeah. yeah. I'm a fan of B two emo's uh, anxious attachment style, where he okay. won't let anyone leave. Oh, <laughs> okay, Lord. let's yeah, yeah let's talk about this. Let's <laughs> talk about this. Oh, not choosing um, him was very deliberate. <laughs> I um I've never in my life been so gut punched by a title of an episode i woke up i took my daughter to school i sat down to watch the episode and i saw that it was called daughter of ferrix and i was like no i was like i know that that's marva marva's gonna die i was so mad when i saw the episode and then the recap started and the recap starts with marva and i was like god dang it i was like this is not gonna be good you noticed that in the recap. I noticed that they didn't have Kino in the recap, which meant we will never see him again. Yeah, they did. They had him giving the speech in the recap. Okay, okay. But they didn't have him say, I can't swim. And oh, that, right. so, which means they're not going to continue that. That's just, yeah, it. the way they were like, what if we're the only ones that got out? And I was like, oh, and it's yeah. like, what if you're the only ones that got out? They struggled so much in this episode, hanging from that cliff with their feet and fingers bloody, like waiting for ships to pass by. And then they tried to steal the ship. From oh, those my God. The very you, based guys, though. You like, got they your were wish. Amazing. You've been asking, Dimitri, from episode one, there's not enough aliens in this show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't so say you that. You got your aliens. I didn't say there's not enough. I just pointed out that there wasn't. Yeah, I'm also, okay. I'm okay. Also, with... the, the reason that there haven't been, especially in the prison episodes, is you have to think about the way the Empire works. They're yeah. very, like, species ish. Yeah. Um, in the empire and the job that they had whatever they were building on Arkina 5 was important and they needed people that they deemed physically fit and of like it was one of the nicer um, incarceration locations and obviously they're not going to put aliens there they're not putting humans there yeah no non-humans are going there. Yeah. And I, I feel like all of that's very deliberate. If you read the Thrawn books, the Empire is incredibly like pro-human, anti-everybody else. And yeah. like, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. So I don't think it's a shortcoming that there weren't very many aliens you saw. Because once we go back to Ferrix, you see aliens in the background. You see, you know, in every other instance outside of the Imperial stuff, you see non-humans. Yeah. So it's deliberate. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I would assume that most aliens would go to like the mines that were in Solo. Exactly. Exactly. You know? The more inhumane one... locations. Yeah. Like also, animal, animal locations versus yeah. human locations, you know? Also, something I noticed or I thought about when I was re-watching the previous episode is the fact that the way that they took care of them, fed them, kept them physically strong, is how they were able to overthrow everything and yeah. escape. Yeah, and that, their, their own strategy came back to uh, to bite them, which is the same um, thing that's happening with the aliens, with they end up letting them go because they're messing up their water supply. Yeah. 
just mm. like the mining accident on Cassian's home planet messed up yeah. his planet just like at the end we see Neamos again and the beach that used to be super busy and full of people is now a ghost town it's like everything the empire touches it just decimates in its own way and yeah. that's kind of the weakness of the empire is they're not they're not cultivating like any loyalty of the planets they're going to because they're mm-hmm. just ruining stuff. They're not cultivating anything. That's kind of the point, right? Yeah. To cultivate is to like what? To support, to help grow. They're not, they're about like war machines, right? That's what they're building in. Is it Narkina 5? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. They're building war machines, right? They're building TIE fighters, I'm assuming. Like they're building something. All those pieces are pieces of a ship, I'm assuming. And it's like, that's what they're building. Like, like countries that are always at war end up making really amazing weapons. That's just how it works. And your budget goes to that. America makes top of the line weapons um, because that's most of our budget. But like, it's not peace. It's not like you get a real renaissance when you're not at war. You get to try to have artistic innova- innovations and and whatnot, and it's just a different thing. It's not cultivating if you're just making war machines, you know. Uh, yeah. A, a side note too on on the scene with them and the aliens, uh, the the net things that they caught them with yes. squelching. They disgusting. were too squelchy for me. <laughs> How wet they were when they, they were kind of wet off. Yeah, that whole thing was upsetting to me. I was like, "Yeah, they were doing a lot of squelching." I'm not about it. You made to make these squishy, disgusting. I'm like, I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Also, no offense to those aliens, but they looked weird, (laughs) and they looked different too. One had like a human face, and one didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you know, it, it sometimes it'd be like that. But no, so I I love the fact that we watched them struggle so, so much that we were prepared for this to be like another instance of struggle. And it ends up being like, oh, no, we don't rock with the Empire anyway. Y'all trying to get out of here? Let's go. You know, I thought that was neat. That was a nice like subversion of expectations. Yeah. Which the show continues to do. Right. Again, the show is an example of like they know how to write a show now. They're making what they want, like artistically and changing things and like putting their own spin on things, you know? Yeah, I think you have to build up a level of trust in how good the show is to be able to show us them wrapping up Marva's body through the eyes of B2 Emo, like through the eye of B2 Emo. Like that was really a choice. Um. Like every other scene with him was incredibly sad, but that idea of watching it and just hearing it and them saying, what about the droid? And you see him processing it. Um, And then of course they're like, you know, they're going to bring her body out. Like if you want to be alone to say goodbye. And then he just says, I don't want to be alone. I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. (laughs) I know. I was literally shaking and crying watching this. I was like, this is so embarrassing because that is a droid. But I want, obviously, you guys know I have my weird thing about droids. Like, I just love them so much. They're so important. I could talk about them forever. But something about B2 Emo is just, he bless his little heart. He stresses me out. Like, I, I have an anxious attachment style too. So there's no way 
there's no way I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd never leave my house. I would never leave my house. He's charging. I can't leave until he's done charging. He's just, just let him hang out there. I, I would move my entire life for him. Um, and it's just, it's incredibly heartbreaking, especially because like thinking back to the flashbacks of when, um, Cassian was a kid and they first met him, um, B2 didn't have a stutter and that absolutely tore me apart to think, oh, he developed the stutter with age. Is it, or was he injured? I don't, I I, don't know. I think it's, I think it's like age, like wear and tear type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he looks a lot like he's pristine when we first meet him and now he's a little rusty and he has to like be like uh, someone pointed out it's likely that Marva never would have the the heat on because the power needed to go to be too charging um like because not very many other people have droids on ferrix right yeah not that i've noticed but that i didn't notice very many either but also he's he's a little clunker so he he needs a lot it seems like he needs he's, an, a, he's like an iphone 5 <laughs> more like a 2 yeah well i mean think about it. i was like we're on iphone 14 right that man is like the droid is like a nokia brick phone like he's he really is. so much but he's still plugging along he's he's uh he's an antique there's a couple and things oh yeah thinking about the relationships of of k2so and cassian and then b2 emo and marva i think it's really interesting that the droids that we've been brought in these stories like are so good for different wit reasons, right? Like we, I love K2SO. K2SO is like a top three droid for me, for sure. And this, I forgot about him. you know, it's the sarcasm and the, you know, and that kind of dry wit that he has. But then it's the, the earnestness of B2 Emo that gets you like how genuine and his emotions are because someone had said I heard had heard someone talk about a theory of like um with Lando's uh droid who I already forgot the L337 L3 yeah that he uploads her consciousness into the Falcon people yeah. are like what if he uploads Bisu Emo into K2 and I was like they're completely different yeah personalities. they're not um and that's they're, not they're not different they, no they're so similar the way mm. that like like k2 is very very literal and very mm. like he he refers he, he talks about cassian and talks to cassian like his brother and it really so it it feels very b2 to me mm. interesting i wish yeah. we had a rogue one se- uh, a rogue one trilogy like I would have liked to have seen those characters have grown, and that's kind of the 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 trick. Like the 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 that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Is that like it ends with their deaths? You never get like you never you get introduced to I them. I mean, and that's it. Here's my hope. My if I was in control of the world, if I had a you know a genie, three wishes type situation, is the way we have Andor for Cassian. I also want. For Jin, uh, for Jin, I want a a Jin Urso show, and then I want a Chirrut show. Like I want their show. Oh. Like I want the show for every member of the crew. <laughs> how they got into the position they got into to join the Rogue One crew. I want to know all of their backstories. 
I would just like them to appear in season two at some point, maybe. Bodie, yeah, not- maybe Bodie. Yeah, Bodie. Any you excuse know? for Rizmed, sincerely. <laughs> just, just absolutely adore him. Yeah. Like, he's great. Um, I want to talk about droids. I just, um, so it, it's funny. So when we watch like movies with twists where it's like, oh, this guy was the bad guy the whole time. What I keep an eye on out for is um, how they act when they're alone, right? Like, do we ever see a scene where they're alone? Are they who they say they are? But then there's also like tropes. So that's one thing. And then there's like tropes in like, like, body snatcher type um stuff so like agents of shield had a lmd storyline where it's like you know um what is their purpose so when i look at droids it's it's hard to be like oh they're artificial intelligence but how can we tell if an artificial intelligence is you know what test is it? that's a turing test right uh being able to like tell whether whether the artificial intelligence is artificial or not mm-hmm. um so when it comes to droids, I'm like, okay, all the droids that we've seen thus far have a purpose and they never go against their purpose, right? Like, as far as I, like, I correct me if I'm wrong, like K2SO, his purpose is he's going to die protecting Cassian. He doesn't go against his programming. Do I mean, other droids go very, against the programming? His very nature is going against his initial programming. Like, originally he's an Imperial like enforcer right. droid right but they rewired so him like, right whatever. but we also see the droid the the i don't know what unit but you know the the k2 unit when we see on neomos yeah that he also has that thing where he takes things literally where it's like hang out mm-hmm. you know make him hang out here and then they hangs him so like the literal thing is a part of i think just the programming of that right. droid that it's gone in a yeah, it's gone in a wholesome direction with with K two. Yeah. Right. What so, I'm trying, uh, I, I guess I'm trying to say, like, what is a droid? It, does a droid actually have a choice? Do they make choices? So I have recorded a whole 13 minute video about more or less exactly this. Oh. Um, it is talking about specifically. It starts talking about L three three seven and, um. R2-D2 and why these are two great examples of this like hyper sentience that certain droids have where they absolutely can deviate from their initial programming. And uh, like K3 is, I mean, I mean like uh, L3, we know she has like, she's all about droid liberation and droid rights and she's like, woke got it, you know, like that's her whole thing. But R2-D2 is a literal spy and he is absolutely the cornerstone of the entire rebellion um and the thing that they had in common that i realized when i was looking into l3 is that they're both astromechs and i was thinking about how l3 is an astromech Uh uh-huh she yeah she built herself a body oh yeah and what a body it is hey And so, like, I'm thinking about how George Lucas um, was super into pilots and super into flying. And that's such a recurring important theme in Star Wars. You think about um, the fact that a lot of pilots would say, you know, you could have um, an AI 
you know, as a co-pilot, but they'll never have that snap judgment that's required to be a good pilot. And it's almost like that's built into Astromex. And that's the thing that sets them apart from like other droids and gives them this ability to sort of like deviate from whatever task they're supposed to be doing. Is L337's original body just her head? And yeah. then she built like her she built her body. If you look at it, you can see it's her head is like an astromech head. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy. It looks like a Roomba. <laughs> All that's I know deep. is she's that's one of the only offensive. She, she, <laughs> know, right? Is that I'm sorry. I mean, I feel like that's what that's what she would say. Yeah, so uh, yeah. rude. <laughs> well, don't tell her I said that. All I'm yeah, saying yeah. is like, who gave that droid hips? She did. She, did. <laughs> she she went to Dr. Miami and got herself some hips. Um, like good, I feel like I feel like her. Chopper. I mean, if Chopper's programming is to just be a menace to society, then he's going towards his programming. He's also uh, an astromech too, right? Yeah. yeah, he's an astromech and he's absolutely yeah, Chopper, insane. Yeah. Um B2 Emo though, after Marva dies. What is the point for his programming to be sad? There wouldn't be. So I, the way I see it is he's actually sad. Like he's actually yeah. incapable of processing like a human would. Yeah. To the And like, sure, Mr. Plow says he thinks their programming has emotions and attachment built in to a lot mm -hmm. of protocols. Yeah, sure. But also this would serve no practical purpose. How B2 Emo is behaving right now serve yeah. no practical purpose and but that's like also, human beings like human beings we yeah. do things that serve no practical purpose you tend to forget that there is always the ability for human intervention in the way that droids um exist so there always could be a like cassian at some point could have reprogrammed something replaced something marva could have you know changed something out that made things go a little differently for him there's literally no reason for him to behave like a little brother to Cassie or an older, a, a brother to Cassie. And, you yeah. know, like there, there's no logical reason for that at all. Like that's a droid. People could just be like unplug him or whatever, like stop charging him. But like there, there's an understanding that this guy is, is our guy and we got to take care of him like a, like a special needs, you know, like a, like our yeah. brother who, you know, needs his when, equipment and stuff. Yeah. When he asked Brasso to stay with him, What's his name again? Brasso or Brasso? Brasso I actively Brasso. started crying. Yeah, I forgot because these characters, interestingly enough, in most shows, if a character's a, a, like a supporting character, they pop up more often. It's like in this, you never know when a person's just going to like, that's it. That's They're gone. I don't know. Like this guy, it, like it's been episode, like a while, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and just watching it shrink, like Bix is gone. Tim is gone. Cassian's well, gone. She's not gone, gone. Well, she's not gone, but she's I don't know away what's from going him. on. She's not doing great. I don't know, but she's whoever done. whoever yeah. made her look bad, well done. There must I have know. spent hours of special effects trying to make that woman look not great. Um, Can you imagine? Like, they're fifty. They're fifteen hours in. The makeup artists are like, I can't do any more. Like, <laughs> she looks great. Keep she's going. Still we're beautiful. Like, damn uh, it. <laughs> we're gonna have to work overtime. That's an uphill battle with that. She's so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And well, she's incredible. They, she's like, absolutely like serving. She is yeah. like everybody in the show is absolutely knocking it out of the park in terms of their performances. Like it's unreal. Yeah. 
even then, even the Brasso guy and B2 Emo having mm -hmm. a, like a friendship. Yeah. Who gets convinced by a droid? It's it, it reminds me of like <laughs> if your dog could talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what B2 Emo seemed like. Oh, that was the thought I had this morning about it that I forgot to write down because I was driving. That uh that the that the, it's it's the emotion that he's having is of a dog that understand why doesn't understand why his owner didn't come home and it's like oh, it, no. it's genuinely like this is b2 emo's like uh futurama moment where he... why would you bring that up <laughs> <laughs> if it is in my brain it has to be in your brain but that's what it's part i was like that's what it is that's who b2 emo is in that moment <laughs> and then it just it hurt all over again yeah um and then there's like the the luthien listen the great he went pew pew he had the, the was ships so cool yeah thank it you. was so cool <laughs> what are we talking about we're talking about luthien luthien's uh, uh space battle it's one of those things where like oh right it's star wars we do space battles in star wars it was red <laughs> well when was that last episode we got like a, a space battle in this show did we get a, any space battles in the show uh, episode six with the eye, but it was like they were just oh. chasing. There wasn't too much. Yeah. They were just dodging and getting taken out by like. But we we did get a takeoff and a. Yeah. No, this episode went absolutely stupid. There was no yeah. reason for it to go as hard as it did, and the, it, the little it, laser things. Yes. Bananas. The I I didn't understand how that worked because I've never seen that before. Have you guys seen anything like that in Star Wars? No. With like a. No, but it like it tracks. Like yeah. also there's just so much that exists in the Star Wars universe that we don't see on screen because there's the novels and the comics right. and all of that. Like there's a whole lot of world building that's happening outside of the things we've actually seen on screen. Yeah. But like for me, I, I watched it with headphones the first time. Yeah. And when that TIE fighter drops, I screamed at the top of my lungs. Yeah. Because like this, like this sound design in the show is unreal for one, and two, it's just that's such an iconic and terrifying sound. Like that whole scene is just so good. Yeah, yeah, the like shrapnel bomb taking out the tractor beam. I I'm insane. laughing so much at that because like laughing now when I was watching it, I wasn't laughing. I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. But now I'm just thinking about like. You're running from the cops and you fart and you leave the fart behind. <laughs> and if, the cop I mean, runs if, into it. It's the if same it was thing. like that, if it was actually noxious, like that yeah. would be cool. I'll take it more. It's like if you have a box of nails and you just like, yeah, there you go. That's right. cool. Like, right. I love your, your brain goes straight to fart. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, yeah, you know. Okay. Um, I also. Uh, just as a commentary on the empire and and their kind of unchecked tyranny thing of like the id checked out and they're like well the id checks out or we get to let him go and they're like no it'll be good practice for us that's yeah. what they do in oh, real life like, though god like, yeah exactly yeah you know what i mean like we're gonna pull like oh you know we're gonna pull him over and then eventually they'll give us a reason to arrest them yeah right. and or if he doesn't it's good training you yeah, know, oh harassment's good yeah. training. Yeah, but yeah, it was uh, good practice. I was like, he has it such clearly the worst. Yeah, 
I was so nervous. And then I was just like, our, our boy delivered. And I'm like, you know yeah. what, Lou? I've really uh, underestimated you. I oh, thought, I thought whatever he put behind him would crash through that window. Oh, that would be wild. But no, it's a it's a lot more uh took out the fragmented shit. than that. Yeah. Uh, there's there's nothing quite like watching an Imperial officer on like the deck of an <laughs> Imperial cruiser just like get sucked out totally, of here. Totally embarrassed oh, yeah. by something oh. that's just been done to him. Just I'll never get sick of it. Oh it's god, his face. Yeah, his, his face was he was so hurt. His ego was gone. Oh, yeah. It was obliterated. It was that was uh yeah, that was. And that now he, yeah, hard. now he's got to bring it in, all broken, and explain what happened. Yeah, I got, and, and then like they're like, "Oh, really? Just like this little little vehicle did that?" Yeah, mm-hmm. you sure officer, about that, officer, <laughs> why do you smell like farts? <laughs> like, this guy like, I was chasing just he just farted. You got out. You got outrun by like a ninety-seven Honda Civic with a box <laughs> of nails. <laughs> right. Right. I perfect. just that's a perfect comparison. Luthen though, Luthen was a really good shot and a really good pilot. How did he do that? Because so okay, a... some people are stating that he is a Jedi. That that cane thing, that 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 was a hilt. That the one yeah. uh one guy at that Saw's did place. look like that did look like a lightsaber hilt. Um, but also he has a lot of stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's his uh, hilt. It's just yeah. a, a thing he has on him. Um, but also, yeah, he's a great pilot. We don't know anything about this man's life. Not at so, all. Like, we, but like, even the people around him don't fully know. Maybe so that girl knows. Like, whoever that girl is. Maybe. <clears throat> also, she has she, handmade vibes. What she that had a great... Movie. Oh, like an ex-handmade? Yeah, like a she has like the vibes of like a Nabu handmade, like heavy. Mm-hmm. What? How many years has it? Has it been that long? Five years. So, uh, yeah, like four, Padme. Four, Fourteen years after Padme's death. Is it fourteen years? Yeah, because I mean, Luke's what nineteen? Eighteen, nineteen. Andor. No, in A New Hope, and this is five years before A New Hope. Yeah, so he'd be okay. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. Then that so tracks. Like 14, 14, then that, yeah, then, 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 then that tracks. Yeah, yeah, it tracks. The math is absolutely math. so. The hand, handmaidens fourteen years <laughs> older. Yeah, and that, that's Vel- a cool. That's a cool theory to just to just put that together, Deidre. No, I've I've seen that uh, pop up a few times. It was huh. one of the first thoughts I had when I saw her. I was like, is she? Is she from Naboo? What's her deal? Let's talk about it. And then I saw people on <laughs> yeah. Twitter start start speculating about um, like her and her possibly being someone. And then there was a shot from this episode that had like a Naboo headdress in the background that was like, oh yeah, that's right, her in the frame. Um, yeah, Mr. Plow's on the same page as me. Mr. Plow says, "I thought Nidra met Handmaid's Tale." <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's what I thought like you were getting at. I was like, the hand hand me. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh Padme's handmaid. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that Vel tried to say something to her, tried to say, What have you done lately? And then the quote, my favorite quote, there is no lately, there is always. Like, yeah. I'm always doing this. I was yeah. like, 
She's like, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this baby girl. Don't talk to me sideways is what she said while having the, the tightest ponytail. <laughs> yeah, also, when, when her hair was down in that one other episode, I was like, who is this woman? Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, do we know her name? The character is uh, Clea. Yeah, there you go. Let me look at my notes. I think I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. Clea. It's, it's yeah, our Clea. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Clea. no. Um, also, I want to talk for a minute about the process of when someone dies on Ferrix. Um, yeah. Oh, somebody said something Ferrix. really hurtful on Twitter. And I, I'll, I'll say it afterwards. Not hurtful, hurtful, but like oh. something that hurts to think about. But I'll let you continue and then I'll add on. To it. No, yeah. as as someone that has recently had a death in my family, this was a hard episode. The whole idea of saying one last goodbye to her after they wrapped her up and the way that everyone in the town like was like standing at attention for her as they were bringing her body out um, was really emotional for me. And then, yeah, that idea that they they mix them up with the mortar and they become a ferrix brick. I was like, that's lovely that's and it's such an incredible like detail of the culture of like because and this might also be because I was just teaching Antigone with my 10th graders and Antigone is all about like respect for the dead and the way that you treat the dead and how you bury people matters um so we've had a lot of those conversations recently and the whole idea of like that's such a beautiful tradition of like becoming part of the infrastructure of you know the town they find you a wall like and and it was so icky to hear the imperials talk about it you know because like yes. such a beautiful tradition and then just them explaining it like that's why we only have two days yeah that's that's the but that's the i mean that's the whole imperial thing of like their way is the only way right don't appreciate other cultures unless they give you something right if you can exploit the i mean that's colonization in general you know the white man's burden is taming savages right like that's what it is it's like oh they're a you know uh, a hardy people you know let's figure <laughs> out what to do with them and it's like mm-hmm. you know oh they have spices and all that stuff we could take it and teach them how not to be a savage mm-hmm. like it's very similar um uh yeah it, yeah i didn't think about the importance of a brick for a a planet or a or a space that is very community based like like even the the bell guy is about the community that whole function is for oh, alerting God. the community working together uh uh want me to tell you what what somebody said on twitter that's gonna yes. hurt andor turns to ash and will never be put into a brick Girl, bye. I'm going to just delete everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to close out the Zoom. <laughs> I'm so upset. He'll never, he'll never get them, you know? Well, I'm upset. <laughs> I had to, I had to read it. It's, it's really upsetting. <laughs> it's worth, it's worth thinking about even is sadly it? so even sadly <laughs> so it hits it hurts you know 
I think it's I think it's so interesting, especially the way I mean, like nowadays people are getting more into like, you know, there's ways where you could put it in and plant a tree and you know, moving yeah. into that. So I'm gonna just pretend I didn't hear you say that. No, it's um, hurt it's hurting me too. I'm just yeah, yeah, Mr. Plow, the Andor is a brick building the rebellion. He's a metaphorical Absolutely. brick. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And also, there's the whole uh, uh, had a point. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's maybe, okay. Yeah. Maybe oh. his his ashes are on a part of Scarif that will become an asteroid that will take out a Tie Fighter. Oh, I like that. No, I remember that one, of, the, the one of them from, from Empire. Like, yeah, he's one of the asteroids from Empire. Yeah, no, I remember uh, in the previous episode, Luthen's speech had a lot of elements of like selflessness and and understanding that the rebellion is bigger than each individual person, and I think that's a really interesting uh, parallel to um, the the bricks, and also to uh, Kino not being able to swim, understanding that like he did what he did, and ultimately gets nothing out of it but gets a lot out of it like the entire galaxy gets a lot out of what they did there on that day it adds up right Mm -hmm. even if everybody in that prison was either killed or brought back to prison the two that we know that mattered at Scarif right Melshi Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and Andor there also was one of the other guys, one of the black guys. I don't remember his name, but he's in um, uh, Rogue One too. Is he? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. So yeah. All, all the the fact is, like the things add up, right? It pushes forward. Um, Mister Plow says, "Whatever happens from now on, we are free." Mm. When did they say that? I know uh, they say, but he says that to Melchi. He says, "Whatever happens next, we made it." Yeah. Yeah. Like, when we- before they split up. Right before, uh, no, they before jump. right before they jump at the prison break last episode oh. yeah um i i like that deidre does a good job of <laughs> like showing how inept the isb or the empire is when they're like well obviously we're not going to give them a permit for the funeral and she's like you idiots right the funeral is a trap you big old de- <laughs> like how do you not get that if we're trying to find andor yeah, that's the way to do it. Come to his mom's funeral, like what? Like how did you think of that? Yeah, like oh yeah, my, oh obviously. my god, Cyril. By the way, in that scene where I I don't know the last time I felt frustration like him having that call with that guy, and he's like, "What are you saying to me?" And the connection's awful, and the guy is like trying to be stealth but also like in the worst possible place and then also just like adding so much unnecessary detail it's so frustrating <laughs> his mom's outside the yeah. door being nosy like i just love him like cyril just looks like he's about to explode i i love him a lot that that character this dude sucks like he's, i fucking hate him but yes he's great yeah, yeah but he's also like his mom also kinda. like his mom is such a good character because she's she's small doses and she hits Mm -hmm. every little piece like what did she say i'll be able to sleep what did she she says something right after that that i was trying to like and it was really good something about like his past failures i don't know the mystery of his past failures have been vanquished (laughs) so 
bad uh, if I'm yeah. remembering something like that, that so I can right. so I can go to sleep or something like that. Yeah, because she was remember she was digging through his private box. Yeah, whatever's yeah, in there. All right, and she was like trying to figure out what was his whole deal, and like by overhearing that conversation, she's like, "Oh, okay, I see what this is about." She didn't know. She didn't know the specifics. No, oh, like I, he doesn't. He doesn't talk to her. No, like well, you know, good thing because like... she's. She would be gossiping. She would be like, mm-hmm. like judgy. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. a, she's a lot. That that is that is a, an actress that does not waste a single second she has on screen. Yeah, every single frame that woman is serving straight up disappointment. I yeah. love it. She's so Incredible. good. I hate her. Like, I know. you know what I mean? I know. Like, she's so good at playing this character that I forget she's a character. And I'm just like, this is a real person. I just like, I'm dislike. sure she's a lovely person. Yeah, no. And also, she, it, it adds so much context to why Cyril has this like need for approval and uh, praise from the Empire. It's it just shows because obviously she holds the empire and um, all of their positions and stuff in high regard. She thinks that's the ultimate in having made it. So if he could just get their approval, if he could just get one of those like white suits, he would feel like he made it. Yeah, and, and now he's gonna throw it all away to go back to Ferrix and hunt Cassian. I hope there. he. I hope he dies. He is in Selly. He is, he is <laughs> like. I want Deidre though. I want Deidre to be the person who who either kills him or lets him die. Yeah. Also, I am like me as someone who enjoys praise and stuff. I love for the first time in my life that people are pronouncing someone else's name wrong because of me. Because <laughs> her name uh, is Dedra. Dedra. Is it? I've been saying <laughs> yeah. Dedra since the beginning and I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it makes me yeah. really happy that like people are oh. like mispronouncing her name and uh, not well, mine. Well, I I was just because I just pronounced it kind of like a how's it spelled like D well it's not spelled this way in in the show, but in real life it, it'd be like a D-E-I-D-R-E. That like Deidre. Yeah. But it's not spelled that way. It's D-E-D-R-A. Yeah, Bestie, yeah. my name is N-E-D-R-A, yeah. and it's pronounced Nidra, so like, yeah. <laughs> long E's exist. You know, yeah, I but get it. in this instance, she's Dedra Marrow, but I Is that why I you're like pronouncing it. her name wrong? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've ruined, I've ruined phonetics for everyone. <laughs> um, also, speaking of people who are going through it, Mon Mothma is- Let's talk, yeah. Uh, the tortured look on her face through the entire scene was terrible. And I think the which, stuff which with scene? her sorry. The scene with her daughter where she's then talking to Vel about the fact that like explaining the whole situation with the money. Oh, yeah. Um Vel seems to not trust Takeoma as much as she does, but then Mon says, I found a solution. So I I think she's gonna marry her kid off but then yeah. her kid is super into like the old school traditional ways yeah and then bell says oh don't tell me you're taking proposals yeah so the idea that it's very odd because technically speaking it seems like the daughter is going to be on board with an mm-hmm. arranged marriage but mon mothma yeah. wouldn't want that she said remember in that episode right. she said like just because it's 
tradition, I might not like the tradition, right? Yeah. She doesn't want to do it. But then oddly enough, the kids, like her daughter's leaning into that tradition and she would probably be thrilled if she brought her something like that and made her feel like, like, I feel like that's part of the reason why she doesn't like her mom because she's trying too hard to, you know, to, to pivot the other way. Something I thought was really interesting um, about them making the decision to have the, the youths uh, leaning into the old ways is that something that we're starting to see a lot with um, young Gen Z and um, Gen Alpha is this sort of pure teen um, movement sort of thing that's happening where there's just this overcorrection when it comes to purity culture and um, it's it's really fascinating to see some some people called it like the boomerfication. Yeah, I was gonna say I've yeah I've heard it uh, referred to as the boomerfication. Yeah, and so like it's it's really really interesting. Definitely look into it. There's a whole lot of that on. There's a whole lot of that discourse on TikTok. But uh-huh. like basically, it's about this sort of like pivot that young people are doing in that not even knowingly, you know, just but just being like so. Um, sort of like 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 the sort of like idea that sexualization is inherently bad and and being like oh don't sexualize this character it's like but you know like also just like the sort of demonization of fan fiction and saying like oh the policing of characters that you like and can ship and like all of that sort of stuff it is a whole thing yeah so i thought it was really 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 interesting that they made the choice to have the young people um, actually leaning into that versus the old ways. Yeah. Yeah, Like that's their, their way of rebelling against their parents who are trying to be more progressive than the old ways Mm -hmm. is to go back to the old ways. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. Uh, I didn't realize that her dress is like a school uniform of sorts. They're all wearing the same thing. I assume it's a school uniform. She wore it in previous episodes. It's not just for the Chandrelin singing, right? Oh, I assumed it was like traditional garb. Yeah. Maybe. Because all of the girls had the braids too. Yeah. And then their little chants were about braids and all of that. So like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she wore it in previous episodes where she wasn't singing. She could have been coming back from singing. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know. Yeah. Rocking the traditional garb. She looks like Katara. That's all I like. That's what I see when I see the the braids and the and the outfit. And the blue, yeah, yeah. I think a guitar from uh, uh, Last Airbender, uh, not the Shyamalan movie. Um, so, so we have Vel and and Mon Mothma, and we don't really get much with that, other than it just seems like Mon is go- is gonna go through with it. Yeah, and she's like losing it. Like yeah. there's been moments where you see that actress is so incredible at playing it all yeah. on her face. I mean, honestly, everyone in the show is <laughs> like just the yeah. face acting, but like she is, she's in pain. She's like tortured by the fact that she might have to do this. What's yeah. so fascinating from a perspective of like acting is she's managing to stack a bunch of different things. So like she's trying to play it cool, but she's also absolutely losing it. And she's also like, I have to be this like buttoned up mother and like leader while also having this like fear. Like she she's just really good at playing poorly composed 
but composed well enough to uh, fool the people around her, yeah. you know, and, and that is such a complicated thing to uh, express in acting. It's, it's, it's just, that is a God tier performance she put on. And also Vel's really good at that too. Mm -hmm. Like where she goes from being like very much um, like her, she just has different flavors that she gives to different people where she goes um, sort of from like umami to, you know, <laughs> saccharine when homegirl comes around when the daughter's yeah. around and she's like, Oh, I'm here to see you. You know, it's and the it's, way the daughter came out and was like, uh, Oh, Val, like she is so bad. I was like, Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the too. daughter absolutely oh. served a look of, I hate you over Vel's shoulder when she was hugging her at her mom. And I'm just like, yo, like everybody is acting for their lives in the show. Like there is not a single phoned in performance that I've seen. And I, I just live. I live, I live, I live, I love it. I, I, I think it's a great, I used to sum up actors and actresses being good or bad. In, in a general sense, I'd be like, this person's a bad actor, this person's a bad actress, this is a good actor, good actress, right? Lately, I've been noticing that with good directors, good writing, challenging work that kind of, you know, helps them break out, we can see like new things from these characters, from these actors that maybe in previous roles they were okay in, right? Yeah. Like, um, specifically, Adria Arjona um, was in Morbius, Specific Rim Uprising. I saw her recently in Father of the Bride, the new one with uh, Andy Garcia, uh, which I liked the movie. I watched it with my mom, but at the same time, she barely did anything. And it was like a role anyone could play. A lot of her roles are just roles anyone can play, you know? Um, in this, she's act for her life, right? She's doing a great job. She's playing Bix, right? Like, Bix has been amazing. All these characters have been amazing. And it reminds me of, like, John Cena working with James Gunn on The Suicide Squad. Like, doing a way better job than I ever thought uh, John Cena would ever do. And then he worked with James Gunn on, on Peacemaker. Doing a way better job than I ever saw, uh, thought that John Cena could do. Uh, a lot of it comes down to, like, oh, these people have the capability. But it's just, like, they have to be supported and and kind of yeah. brought out right I, yeah i think a lot of the time also people just aren't conditioned to know or be able to spot what's good acting versus um or what's bad acting versus bad directing or bad writing uh, a lot of the times people like to say oh that's bad writing when it's probably editing or yeah. like there's so many elements that go into the final product that you see and a, a lot of the times that ends up falling on the shoulders of like the actor or the director as the or, or for some reason Kathleen Kennedy uh whatever people <laughs> you know whatever people are like this dude this isn't working like yeah. you know bear in mind her name is in everything and you never hear her name come up when things are going right so it's like yeah anyway I'm not even going on that tangent but like yeah, no. So like a lot, there's a lot more to a, a great performance out of an actor than than just writing and directing and the, the actor themselves. But when you have this like perfect stew that Andor has, it's it is absolutely like watching a unicorn get born. Like it is so special. And it's just yeah. like 
every single shot, every scene, every word that it's just, I'm not to fawn too hard over it, but like it is, it is absolutely a sight to behold. And it is incredible that this is a star Wars property. Not to not, not because of like star Wars bad, but like, because I didn't sign up for this, you know, like when I started like being obsessed with Star Wars, I, I, I liked it because I was digging into it and overthinking it and finding all these like ins and outs and what have yous. And like, I didn't expect it to make this hard pivot that it's made into, um, story driven character driven um film bro catnip kind of yeah. stuff that they're doing these days and i i live i love it i i'm i'm in I'm it's obsessed. it's two things first thing is that like star wars to me because i got into star wars before the the episode one came out like when i was a kid and for the longest time in between Return of the Jedi and episode one where people used to joke about like, when are we ever going to get an episode one? Like, we ever going to get it? Like they used to make jokes all the time. There were, was all the books and the comics and whatnot. And for me, reading those books were a big part of me in elementary school, getting to know characters that I would never have gotten to know if they were, had to be put into a movie. If I was only going off movies, I would never have known. And the stories they would tell allowed them to tell like a bunch of different types of stories. And then when you get back into the movies, then you realize it's all just kind of like a very similar Jedi versus Sith kind of storytelling with with dogfights and whatnot. And this like Andor pushes itself beyond that. And I think that this just lacks the fan service in a way that does more service to the story they don't shoehorn like a random scene where Watto from episode one shows up you know and 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 Cassian has to deal with him yeah but also I feel like Andor has the privilege of being sort of um riding off the back of something that was almost like a greenfield project where it's like all new characters um and i don't think fan service necessarily is bad i think we had fan service a lot Uh of the way through here that that whole um aerial fight was space battle in this past episode was a million percent fan service like just hearing the sound of a tie fighter sent me into a frenzy like it's there's that stuff is there and also like luthan's shop is a lot of like easter eggy sort of treats for fans i think what people are like grew tired of is feeling like stories were written around cameos yeah um and as like a valid concern or whatever but i think andor exists in its own world and it has the luxury of being able to remove itself from a lot of that sort of stuff because of the fact that it is it's a property that's that is not that that isn't an obi-wan kenobi boba fett type show where there's so much history and so much of people's own projections that are you know put onto these characters and these expectations going in that was one of the biggest issues with the book of boba fett was like 
he had like 10 minutes of screen time before this and 40 years of people hand canning him head cannoning him and deciding who he was that there was like it was always going to be an uphill battle to get people to be satisfied with the character uh that they present in the the version of the show that's made um there and so a lot of similar things with obi-wan kenobi that's that show i i wish we had way more of it but the story um was told within the confines that it was told in um but that came with a lot of challenges and expectations that just weren't here for andor at all i i completely agree with everything you said but i did have a little mini heart attack when you started talking and you were like i can't believe this is star wars show now that you know star wars is bad and then for a second i was like do I think Star Wars is bad? <laughs> I was like, is that like, do we think? Because I think that's the thing with Andor that's such a like shock and surprise is I think that Star Wars movies are great, but yeah, it's the hero's journey. You know, there's not really, there's not a lot of surprises. Not yeah. a lot of times that you watch a Star Wars movie and are like, I was shocked that the Sith Lord was trying to get the Jedi onto his side, you know? And yeah. there's so much about Andor that is surprising and subtle. And yeah, I think it's because they don't have like they, it kind of the same way every week I have to bring up Game of Thrones. It's kind of the same way. I think the House of the Dragon got such a an amazing reception because uh, Game of Thrones ended so badly that it was like we want to see more Game of Thrones, but our expectations are on the ground. So then yeah. when it was good, we were like, oh, amazing. So with, you know, some people, you know, I've liked most of the Star Wars shows, but that idea that, you know, uh, Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi, like the last movies have had mixed reviews. Everyone loves The Mandalorian, although I'm hearing people say now that they didn't think The Mandalorian was that good. And I'm like, no, that's a lie. Yeah. Don't it's too much. I heard someone say we had too many filler episodes, and I was like, you don't know. I don't I don't agree with that. Um, (laughs) but that idea that you know it's we watch Star Wars because we love Star Wars, but I watch Andor because it's a good ass show. Yeah. Um and so everything else is like, oh, I'm watching because of Star Wars, and oh, as a bonus, I really like the show. As a bonus, I you know. I'm in love with Grogu. You know, he's the mm-hmm. most adorable thing I've ever seen. You know, like it's always you're bought in for the Star Wars aspect of it, and then everything else is kind of a bonus. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's just so good. Yeah. yeah, I think Andor is a great show. Period. Um, but the fact that it is Star Wars is 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 neat. Right. I think like so it's like the inverse of what you were saying for me. Like, or like uh, we we're saying the same thing, but like just in in different fonts. Yeah. Like you're saying, like, oh, it's it's star we're here because it's a Star Wars, but then like it's amazing and that's a treat. I'm like, or yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're saying that anyway. Yeah, Yeah, it's like the ice the ice cream is the fact that it's a really good show, and then like the whipped cream and the cherry is also it's a Star Wars show. Yeah, a fandom that I love, and it's amazing. But the the invitation to the party is that it's Star Wars, and that it's like, oh, this cake is bussin. Yeah, Yeah. no, like, yeah, no, the show is 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 incredible, and I think I I just I do kind of hate that people are pitting the shows against each other and praising the show with this asterisk for everything else 
because it's a lot of like like people are saying it's like oh it's a good show you know despite the fact that like you know disney kathleen kennedy and it's like wait no you don't get to do that (laughs) like you don't get to do that like it's it's still it's still disney star wars it's it's just good and you like it and i'm sorry that you know this person that you've built up all this like ire this company this idea uh that you built up all this ire against is actually serving sorry like it's i just feel like there's like internet rage culture has just made it where people are unable to Accept that something's good and just be like, wow, they really did the thing. They really made that thing happen. Look at them go. Yeah. Um, they can't really do that. They can't just be like, go. I mean, or- they also like people seem to be lacking patience. They lack the actual comprehension skills. They lack like some like it's funny because the same people were always like Marvel is too formulaic. And then Marvel's like, well, phase four, we're going to break the formula, baby. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I liked the formula. <laughs> but I, what, whatever happened to the formula? And it's like, you idiot. So Star Wars is kind of like that, too. It's like they break mm-hmm. the formula and it's like, ah, this is too far. I My brain can't comprehend it. Um, before we do get going, I want to talk about Luthan and Saw. Because the one big scene that we didn't we didn't go over. Um. That seems so, bananas. <laughs> I was I wasn't sure like am I laughing on the inside or not because it was almost like a comedy of errors. Yeah, because especially with tubes. Like, oh yeah, tubes. like <laughs> tubes. Uh, is he the guy in Rogue One? Because there's a guy like him in Rogue One that takes Bodhi, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Probably I think the it's the guy. same. Ju- I'm pretty sure it's the same dude. Yeah, which is kind of cool for Saw. Like he has. You know, friends. You know, who last. You know, loosely. One of my one of my favorite bits they did in that scene is <laughs> he kept saying, "Saw kept saying you're willing to sacrifice thirty men," and then he kept going thirty men plus Krieger. And I was <laughs> like, "Why do you keep making it worse by saying that?" He said it like three times. Yeah, because yeah. you know, Krieger is Krieger. It's <laughs> like, like yeah. Is- Saw didn't like Krieger, remember? Originally, yeah. Saw, yeah, didn't, no. Saw didn't want to go on the thing with him, right? Was that yeah. kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then and then he's like, I'll do it. And he's like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, uh, well, this I is awkward. He's uh, like, well, about that. Uh <laughs> I'm sacrificing him. I don't know if I did I tell you that? Did I did I did I mention that in the but then he seems to be telling Saw, like, you can go on, you can go and try to help him if you want. Like, it's up to you. If you go, then we won't, like, it's your call. I didn't 100% under, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't 100% understand what was going on in that scene. Well, so it seemed we were like talking was, so fast. It seems like he was trying to convince him without having to say the thing out loud, without having to explicitly say, we're letting him sacrifice himself you know like we're sacrificing him for the greater good but eventually he just got frustrated enough that he just came out and said it you know the big thing was he was like either saw was like either luthan you are isb or you have someone in the isb Mm -hmm. and so he's like i just hear things like luthan said something like that and then he's like maybe i'm just a really good listener yeah yeah and then he's like two tubes told me what did he say <laughs> what did he he, he, he like, was like you have eyes everywhere like you could have eyes here and he's like yeah it's two tubes 
This <laughs> is my man. He tells me everything. <laughs> it's like two teams like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, no, that that scene was really great. I think um it, it was it, it like you could feel the tension sort of building in that he started off trying to do the like cool, I'm not gonna be too like <laughs> expressive like i'm not gonna say anything explicitly and then eventually like you're like okay saw look bro we don't know like we know you're live wire but like hear me out and he eventually he was like okay i'm gonna have to speak your language and that's what ended up happening when he pulled the blaster and was like yeah we're sacrificing him like what's good yeah and he said i think he said call it what you want and then saw said i'll call it war yeah in the end and he brought saw over like saw was just like you're right. We sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. I felt I felt it was a lot of Saw not liking being left out of the loop. And in the end, they came to an agreement mm-hmm. knowing most of the, the same information, right? Like the fact that he told Saw something, it wasn't everything, but something enough that he told him that Saw was like, finally, we are together in war you know mm-hmm. it was yeah it was neat i don't know but like that was like it was like this sort of like escalation to that where luthan um ended up having to like meet saw where he is and drop his act of of this sort of like um coy uh cool guy who speaks in code and eventually was just had to say use his words um, and that's very much Saw's like whole thing is he's really he's gonna do what he's gonna do and good luck to everybody uh, in the blast radius. <laughs> I just I just realized he made Saw feel special because he said he said he's like Anto doesn't know what you look like. And he's like no. And he's like bullshit. You've met him. I have met him. But he never knew which one was me. Like he never right. Saw, he said like, he's not dangerous to me. And then Saul was like, "Like I am." Yeah, yeah. But he's if like, they yeah, capture I... you, then you know you can name me. He can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Saw Saw did feel kind of special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saw like, got the little, the little heart eyes. Yeah, <laughs> Mister like, Plow oh, says Forrest Whitaker is forever playing the last king of Scotland. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Have you guys seen yeah. Last King of Scotland? Yeah. Oh, so good. Forrest Whitaker is so good that I forget how good he is when I watch Black Panther when he's really I haven't seen a no no no. He's in the first one. He he dies in the first one. He's Zuri. He's like he's, he's the guy that does the oh, like the oh, Black Panther. Yeah, wow, cool. Yeah. I forgot about that. But Damn. he forces the <laughs> African accent. Like you're like, I'm like. <laughs> It's funny because, like, I don't know, because he did Last King of Scotland, uh, and it's like, but his his accent in Last King of Scotland is not as heavy as the one he does in Black Panther, but he's really working overtime on that accent. Like, <laughs> okay. Just anyway, Forrest Whitaker's great. <laughs> Just I, whatever comes out, it's good. Yeah. Um, The question that I have about the finale in general for you guys coming up you mean yeah is what what storylines do you feel like have to be wrapped up because i feel like that's always going into a finale like are they what are they going to wrap up because knowing that there is a season two yeah 
what what do you want to see wrapped up and what are you okay with like okay we're gonna get them more in season two like knowing that everyone is is essentially assembling on ferrix um for a showdown like do you want cyril's storyline to be over yeah. like well, I, I don't, I don't. Or, or would you like him to to kind of bleed into season two? i feel like De- deidre has to I feel like she's too high up. She's got to bleed into season two. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I want I want to see C- Cyril's journey some more because I feel like, yeah, they'll like this the showdown on Ferrix might not be, like I I don't know if that's gonna be like the end for him, um, but I I definitely I I, I feel like there's gonna be there's a lot of stuff that that needs to happen, um, and I think like looking at rogue one and where we end up in rogue one um there's a lot of little dots that need to connect i'm really curious about if andor is even gonna make it to ferrix like i almost feel like that could be like that's something that is like he might do in the last like fraction of the episode or something after everything goes absolutely stupid. Like I, you know, like some some no country for old men kind of stuff. Oh, um, it could go a bunch of different ways. My favorite movie, No Country uh-huh. for Old Men. I thought it I, ends anticlimactically. It's but I saw it so a long time ago. King good. I I watch it with my dad constantly. It's his favorite movie. And he, my dad does this bit where my mom will be like, hey, we should watch a movie tonight. Like, what do we want to watch? And he's like, what are you in the mood for? And she's like, I don't know, like a romance. And no matter what she says, he'll put on No Country for All. <laughs> so like, it'll be Christmas Eve and he'll be like, let's watch something. Let's watch something festive. And he puts on No Country for All Men. Um, uh, I mean, it, that was my vote. That was my vote for best picture that year. Uh, that came out the same year as There Will Be Blood. Yeah. And that is my comfort movie there will be blood is <laughs> yeah yeah no country for old men is mine hey. 100%. Oh. oh yeah okay. well, yeah i like so, no yeah. country i like no country better than there will be blood uh but that's okay yeah. uh what uh yeah i i don't know it'd be crazy to think i'm i'm painting a picture okay everybody convenes on ferrix except for cassian a firefight breaks out. The citizens of Ferrix fight against the Empire. People live. People die. Paul, Mr. Uh, Mr. Plow in the comments, Paul, is saying Bix dies probably. Uh, oof, I hate thinking that. Um, I feel like we have to leave Ferrix behind. Like, it needs to be the I, end of the things that are open on Ferrix. Yeah. Like, as a planet, I feel like we're not coming back. Yeah, I think Cyril, Cyril will die. I, I would love, 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 love for Cyril to reach a hand out to 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 Daedra <laughs> and Daedra take his hand the opposite okay all right and we're too far into it we're so many episodes into this we have yeah. to keep saying Daedra <laughs> yeah uh and then Daedra takes his hand and drops him like I would love that I would love like almost a Luke Skywalker Darth Vader take my hand We'll rule the galaxy together, but have Cyril say it to Dedra? Like, because Cyril is so delusional. I would love for him to be like, we could be the power couple. And she's like, I want Cyril 
to go to Cassian and say, I'm finally bringing you in. Like, you're going to come to justice. And I want Cassian to be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm blanking on who you are. Like, who, What's I, your name? What are you, what are you, who are you? What the have they ever seen like, face to face? So much has, uh, I think, so. yeah, he held, holds the gun to his head, right? He like takes him hostage. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but I, like so much has happened in poor Cassian's life since that encounter. I, I definitely want there to be a like, who the fuck is this guy <laughs> moment <laughs> to make Cyril even more. Uh, yeah. And then there's uh, Sintha who wants to kill him. Mel's yeah. coming. And then the guy that was like, I guess Sintha was like at the bar, or, like wherever she was working. That's an like, ISB I mean, guy, right? That guy's an ISB mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. So like everybody's. I think it's going to, I think this is the spark of the, like, part of the rebellion right but i don't think cassian's gonna have anything to do with it that's what i'm saying and then cassian might come to a burning planet and be like or i don't know where i go from here yeah and he's gonna be like good thing b2 emo is okay though i want to pick him up and bring him (laughs) with me i swear to god if anything happens in that droid i'm gonna write a very angry letter to tony gilroy Knowing that season two is going to have like three episode arcs where it kind of bounces forward in time. uh, That's the way I've been hearing it and reading it is that like each three episodes is another year closer to to Rogue One in season two. Because season one is five years before Battle of Yavin. So season two will be three episodes for four years, three episodes for three years, three episodes for two years, three episodes one year, and then we're at Rogue One. The fact that that's going to be in 2024 is the most disrespectful thing. Is it? I, yeah. Is it coming out in 2024? I don't mind that. I mean, it's going to hurt, yes, but okay. At least we know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we know. You know? <laughs> also, man, I remember when Mandalorian Season 2, we were waiting for Mandalorian Season 2. Because uh, Season 1 was 2020. When was uh, Season 2? It was 2019. Oh, yeah. Oh. Season one was 2019? <laughs> yes, because I was making my Mandalorian armor when everything got locked down. So I couldn't wear it to the con. That'll do it. Until everyone <laughs> had one. I would have been a, a trailblazer oh, instead. Oh, and season There's two was December the... of 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Before one Season three is going to be uh, Crazy. February, February 23. Yeah, we got a lot of Star Wars coming. That's yeah. pretty exciting, but I'm not ready for Andor to end. Um, yeah, that bums me out. This is this show is really, really, really good. Yeah. It it you know has a similar feeling to Mr. Robot. You know, I never saw. I never watched it. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing show, but it, I I constantly compare every Star Wars anything I watch to Mr. Robot, and it's really funny. But, um. Is yeah, Mr. No, Robot a flawless show in your eyes? No, it's it's got it's got it's got its flaws, but like okay. it's very much like especially the episode where Clea meets up with uh Vel and she's got her hair down and stuff. That whole sh- like sequence with the music and the way it was framed was so Mr. Robot, it's insane. So I mm-hmm. I definitely recommend people to watch Mr. Robot if they've got um you know, the ability to deal with like sort of a uh, trippy, surreal kind of uh, reality questioning, uh, emotional, head fucky kind of stuff. 
Yeah. You know, that's Mr. Robot in a nutshell. It's a good show. <laughs> I think I didn't have the ability to watch it when it was on TV, but I'll, I'll have to see if Bless I can find you. it. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's on Amazon Prime, uh, but it's on Prime Video. Okay. Not getting paid for that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were. Um, All right. I want to thank I want to thank both of you so much for for coming on the show tonight. We went a little over time, but like we got a lot to talk about, you know. And then next week, next week is the final episode for the season, and I feel like it's gonna hurt. Is it gonna hurt? Yeah. Are we are we bracing yeah. ourselves? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm grateful. However, it ends, I'm I'm really grateful we had the ride, and yeah. you know. And I have no anxiety about like, will they stick the landing? Mm-hmm. None at all. Yeah. It might hurt me, but I know it's going to be damn good. Yeah. So yeah. I'm at peace with it. I, 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 yeah. Uh, it'd be nice if Luthen lives and takes B2 emo. I don't know. I don't know. Or Brazo. You think Brazo? Cause I think all of Farrakh is going to die. Like, so I don't yeah. like. I I wouldn't be surprised if things got crazy enough that they just blew the whole planet up. I don't think like act like act like not Death Star wise, right? Because that's not ready yet. It doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Right. Well, they're building it, but it's not ready. Ready. Uh, whatever happened on uh, uh, Cassian's home planet, where it's like everyone yeah. knows the whole planet was just gone. Yeah. Like whatever happened there, the toxic leak or whatever they said. Ferrix. Yeah. Yeah, that they kind of disguised as a mining disaster, but might was probably oh yeah, mining disaster. The That's how they described yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. my Mark One, something Ooh. crazy. But yeah, no, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna slap no matter what it is. Yeah, and then we we'll wait another year for season two. I I I it's been a long time. I I don't remember when I felt this way about a show before. Like like Westworld season one was amazing. I I loved Westworld season one, but I'm trying to think of other shows that like I like. There's the shows that I loved in an entertaining and fan servicey way. Like back when I used to watch The Flash, I used to watch The Flash and I used to love it. It's a roller coaster, right? This is different though. Yeah, this is Breaking Bad, Mister Robot. I was gonna say, was gonna say Breaking Bad. This is a Breaking yeah. Bad type show for me. Yeah. Mm. Breaking Bad was was my Andor, and then Mister Robot was my Breaking Bad, and then. Better Call Saul became uh, my Mr. Robot, and then Andor <laughs> became my all of those. So. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'm glad you have a... <laughs> you always find shows you like. That's great. <laughs> I've never watched any of those, so... Mm. Oh my god, you've never watched you've Breaking You've never watched Bad. Breaking Bad? No, I just never... I never started with it, and then it was like seasons into it, and I'm like, well, why start now? I tried Not to get my late. best friend to watch it, um, and she was like, I watched the first few episodes, and it was boring. And I was like, what? And then like years later, she told me she like binged it. And then she told me she lied. She was like, I didn't really watch the first two episodes. And I'm like, yeah, because if you watch the first episode, you would not say it was boring at all. There's no way you would say that. And she was like, yeah, I just, she was like, I just didn't have time. And I wanted you to stop bugging me about it. Yeah. I also didn't watch Game of Thrones because I didn't have HBO uh, back then. Neither did I, but I pirated it and risked the life of my laptop. Mm. I didn't watch Did you lie? Uh, Game it of Thrones. It wasn't LimeWire, right? It oh, no. was something like that. It was one of those websites where if you click the wrong, like the D, you know, the D, uh, the 
decoy play button it like yeah. put a virus on your computer it was one of those i have no idea what you mean i don't go to any uh any bad sites whatsoever <laughs> i've done right. nothing wrong in my life ever <laughs> yeah uh, i didn't watch game of thrones uh same energy as a friend i watched a few of the first episodes i'm like this is gonna let me down i can't do it and mm. sure enough i was right I and it. i also know everything that happens because game of thrones fans don't know how to keep their mouths quiet so i could probably write a synopsis of the entire series based on just things i heard and saw because uh game of thrones fans just do not they are ruthless yeah, I, I mean did, that was a yeah. that was a time in my life where I was very uh eager and ready to spend years of of my life on something that yeah. ended up disappointing me in the end. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. Um <laughs> thank you both of you so much for coming on the show. Uh Sarah, uh my co-host, where can we find you online? What do you got um, coming up? Anything you um, want to plug? Uh Instagram and TikTok at Ms. underscore Marauder. We've got uh, lots of convention content coming up. We uh, went to an anime one last week, anime one this week, and then um, LA Comic-Con after Thanksgiving. So lots of uh, cosplay content, lots of my child acting like a gremlin at the anime con in cosplay. So uh, terrorizing people, look for that. I I am looking forward to that. Um, uh, uh, Nidra, where can we find you online? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Um, Nidra Loves Cosplay on TikTok and Instagram. Nidra Loves Jedi on Twitter. Um, basically, I hopefully have some serotonin coming up uh, so I could do some more cosplay content and uh, finally drop one of these uh, very long YouTube uh, rants and rambles yeah. that I have coming down the pipeline. If I get some energy uh i'm definitely gonna do that i already recorded the video about droids i just don't like my I, makeup in it <laughs> i will watch that droid manifesto as soon as it's ready <laughs> i'm excited absolutely i might just drop it as like an audio uh for something but uh yeah it's done uh but yeah basically yeah that's me i'm, I'm i'll be around you'll, you'll see you'll see me doing something all right all right. All right. Uh, for everyone out there who's watching us, uh, you're watching us live or watching the video after the fact, you're watching us on twitch.tv slash the Keeg show or youtube.com slash the Keeg show. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, that's wherever you get your podcast from. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on all of that. And then if you want to follow us on social media, Instagram and TikTok are our two biggest ones at the Keeg show. Um, or we got Facebook, we got Twitter, we got all that. So follow us, like us, comment, subscribe, do what you need to do, leave a little review. Uh, let us know that you're out there because however you're digesting us, whether it's in video form, live stream, or you know, podcast, uh, we just want to know that you're out there and you're enjoying this. Um, but other than that, if you want to give back to the show, patreon.com slash the keen show, uh, check it out. There might be something uh that looks kind of cool there. Uh, other than that, um, we got the a and or after show, the final episode, at least for the season next Wednesday, uh, uh, whatever, November 20, what? 23rd. What is time? 23rd. Yeah. 23rd. Yeah, 23rd. 23rd. Uh, at 10 PM Pacific. Uh, we also got comic talk every Thursday, uh, at 5 PM Pacific time. And then this weekend, uh, we, well, we have the key talks every weekend, pretty much. This weekend, we're talking about the Star Trek, uh, just Star Trek franchise in general. 
Um, so we're doing a big talk about that, about what has happened and what's to come. So definitely stay tuned for all of that. And uh, next week for episode 12 of Andor After Show, uh, we have Jen Markham um, on uh, on uh, on the Andor After Show. So oh, yay. yeah, that's our episode 12 guest. So uh, thank you so much, everybody out there for watching. Thank you so much for being on this show. Uh, once again, I am. Is this mouse working? Yes, I am your host. <laughs> Demetra Pereira, and this has been the Andor After Show, uh, episode 11. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.